Good Sunday evening, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well, staying warm. Now it's a little bit cooler out. I wanted to swing by, give you guys a special update. As you know, we have the much-anticipated annual winter weather forecast that is set to release on Thanksgiving. As long as I'm not having any kind of technical difficulties, we're going to release that here on the podcast. Uh, well, that one may actually come after Thanksgiving sometime, but you'll get the release on Facebook and on the blog. Again, as long as there's no technical difficulties, um, we'll have it released on all three platforms. Now, I say this this episode special because I'm going to try to go as in-depth as I possibly can without revealing too much into my thoughts um, on the upcoming winter. And, and this one's also special because this very well could be the last uh, podcast episode I'm able to publish before we release the winter weather forecast. So buckle up, guys. I've got a handful of things to go through with you this evening. Let's get started. So first things first, you guys have heard me talk about for days um, on this potential uh, Thanksgiving Turkey Day impact of a system that's moving in. And I think it impacts travel more than anything because we're looking at a healthy system coming up out of the southwest with a surge of some warmer air just ahead of it. This thing really starts to impact us probably the most on Tuesday, maybe even into Wednesday. Um, and it's probably the best chance for some widespread rains across the state than what we've seen in a while. Um, I wouldn't think anybody sees more than about an inch of rain uh, at most, unless you get in on a couple of thunderstorms. Yes, there is a potential for a couple of strong thunderstorms, but your best chances um, to see any type of thunderstorm, general run-of-the-mill thunderstorms, uh, would be across uh, southern and southeastern portions of the state because it's going to be warmer that way, uh, and there's not a whole lot of instability there, but what instability could be there would be present in the much warmer temperatures across the southern and southeastern parts of the state. Now, that window for strong storms at the moment is small, so it should be just regular thunderstorms, nothing to worry about. Now, as this system comes in, there now looks to be less of an influence from northern stream energy as I was telling you guys about several days ago, you've got your northern, well, simplified, basically. You've got your northern jet and your southern jet. Your southern jet is the uh, subtropical jet stream. That is actually what pumps a lot of moisture northward into the country, as that northern jet stream is one that brings the cold air. And usually you need some sort of connection between those two to have a, uh, a bigger, more potent system and, and that usually gives it the ability to wrap up and become like a, a rain transitioning to snow kind of event. But as of right now, that northern stream jet is just kind of slowed down a little bit. So what's going to happen is this entire system is going to be all rain. We're not looking at wraparound snows of any sort, temperatures on Thanksgiving Day, 
40s into maybe even the low 50s for highs. Um, so the cold air, it's still coming. Don't worry, it's still coming, but it's kind of delayed a little bit. You're going to see that move in after another system develops in the southwest as well. Kind of takes a similar path, tracks northeast across um, well, from southwest to, to kind of northeast. Um, the track of that low, it's a little too early to get specific with it, but right now it's talking about uh, cutting up through the Tennessee Valley and through the Carolinas. So that would be a true southern stream system. But behind it is where the northern stream kind of gets involved, and it's going to get cold behind it. And as a matter of fact, just a couple days after that is a really, really... Um, a really, really big thing to keep an eye on. I uh, couldn't find my words there for a second, but you want to keep an eye on not this system, not the next one, but the third one that'll essentially close out the month of November and usher in December. That system you want to watch because it looks like we could have a third southern stream system in a row, and this one's going to have a lot of cold air to work with. And if you look, some of these operational models, uh, you know, I've looked at the upper, uh, the upper levels of the atmosphere, but if we just look at what's going down on the surface, you're talking about the potential for a uh, winter weather maker tracking from southwest to northeast across our part of the world, and it could be a sneaky event. Um, so that's something to pay attention on because looking all three models, uh, the GFS, the Canadian, the European, all three of them have a very, very active pattern setting in, not only to close out November, but also to usher in December. So things are going to get really, really active and... Wouldn't be surprised to see one or two sneaky wintry weather events setting in or trying to move into the area, as a matter of fact. Now, another thing that I've been keeping an eye on here lately is El Nino. You guys have heard me talk about it. Uh, we're now on a strong El Nino. Last time that happened was uh, 15 into 16, and before that, 1997. So, it doesn't happen a whole lot, and so because it doesn't happen a whole lot, there's not a whole lot of data to kind of go back and compare and contrast. But what we do know, what's typical with El Ninos, you've got four different sections right out into the Pacific where warmer than normal sea surface temperatures tend to um, show themselves um, when El Nino is present. Now, you've got a section where you've got them separated off into a kind of 1, 2, 3, 4, 3.4, uh, kind of thing like that. So, number four is right up against the coast of Chile. Um, and again, this is um, off into the uh, eastern Pacific uh, near the equator. And... The next section is going to be a little bit further off, right? Um, that was going to be uh, one and two. Um, that's kind of in that same zone and a little bit further out 
closer to the international date line is going to be sections three and four. Four is going to go past the international date line, but there's a section that encompasses um, a good chunk of section three and some of four. We call it 3.4. 3.4 is where you would really want to see the warmest of sea surface temperatures uh, above normal to have a pretty good impact, um, to have a favorable winter weather impact here. Right now, the warmest waters are encompassing section one, two, and four, or well, yeah, one, I'm, I'm losing it guys, I'm sorry, one and two, which those two are actually the closest to, uh, to land, to the country of Chile. Um, and so, but when we play things in motion over the last several weeks, right, and, and, and just to back up and be, to clarify, because I've made a mistake, one and two is the closest to Chile. Three and four is the furthest out west, closer to the international date line. I, I do apologize, it's my mistake there, but um, anyways, what we've noticed, when we put this in motion, we compile these snapshots, the waters, are continuously warmer than normal, the warmest um, sections one and two. But what you also notice, that 3.4 section is heating up. And when you kind of play this in motion, you kind of animate it, you can see where these warmer waters are moving west. So I would say by the time we get into, I'd say mid-December, if not sooner, um, uh, you're going to see the warmest of waters happen in section 3.4. And that's where you want it to be to have the best winter weather impact. Now, you know, taken verbatim, that's just, that's just one, you know, impact. You've got to look at a couple of different things, you know, positive or negative PDO, um, NAO, you know, there's a bunch of other teleconnections that are out there and El Nino is just one of them. Now, strong El Ninos around here tend to be, when you look at winter as a whole, um, like December, January, February, uh, and you can even include November if you want, but strong El Ninos tend to be, and El Nino as a whole, they tend to be a little warmer than normal and a little drier than normal around our neck of the woods. But El Ninos, and, and according to my very own research, strong El Ninos, they, so the winter as a whole, as a 90-day, three-month kind of whole, whole thing, um, they average, remember the key word, average, warmer than normal, average, drier than normal. Doesn't mean it can't snow. Two events I looked at, 1997, that 97-98 um, El Nino produced a big-time winter storm across the area. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but most locations were double digits. And in the most recent when you look at 15, 2015, 2016, that was the last super El Nino that happened. And 
that one produced a very big winter storm. I believe that one, it was either January or February for that one. And it was a huge part of Kentucky, central eastern Kentucky, that was all in double-digit snowfalls. Um, some locations had a pretty sharp cutoff because they were a little bit closer to rain. I, I think I went over this once before, uh, this particular storm once before a couple of episodes ago, where I was taking a look at uh, my hometown a uh, community in, in Kiwi had reported from that storm about five and a half inches of snow. Then the London Corbin Airport, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and just south of London, um, recorded about 15 inches of snow. And it was pretty similar a little further north in East Bernstadt. And then whenever you take a look at that whole snow total map, you know, 15, 16 inches was a common thing for that event. And doing a little bit more research, even though, again, average is the key word, that strong El Nino's average warmer than normal and average drier than normal, but strong El Nino's also had a tendency to produce a bigger winter storm. And so... You know, the, some of the more active winters have a lot of two and three inch snowfalls, right, when they go above average. So average typically right about a foot or so of snow for the entire winter, a foot to 15 inches is, you know, a common thing across a lot of Kentucky. Unless you're down in the mountains there, they're obviously gonna average more on a typical winter. But think about it this way. Say if, uh, say if we look back at a winter and that particular winter produced 20 inches of snow. Well, you know, that's going to be above average. But most of the time when you look at those winters that were above average snowfalls, they just produced a lot of two and three and four inch snows. They were a lot of different snowfalls rather than being big-time events of like 8, 10, 12 inches. So, although we might be in for a winter where it doesn't snow a lot, but it could be one of those things that when it does, it's a pretty big system. What we're seeing right now on the models and what's been happening is that that southern stream jet is trying to get going. And as long as it stays open for business, because we know the cold air is going to be here, we know that we're going to get some pretty cold shots this year. Um, but I'm just saying, if that southern stream jet stays open for business and you get the connection between the northern jet and the southern jet at the right time, the possibility for at least a couple of threats for big storms is out there. Um, you know, where we kind of live in the middle, you know, kind of in the middle of the country, if you look at it in, in a north and south kind of thing, we, you know, it's typical to see us in some sort of a battle zone where, you know, at any given time, it may not be all rain, it may not be all snow, but we can get some ice storm events come through. So, again, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more whenever we release the winter weather forecast later this week. And 
But as of right now, um, you know, I really wanted to kind of touch with you guys and let you know what we're seeing. There, there's obviously an early season chance uh, for something uh, over the next week or so. But, again, what you may also see, you may also see December run similar to November. May run warmer than normal. May run drier than normal. But, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves in canceling the whole winter, you know, or because you still have January and February to go through. So... Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, part of my job is to kind of highlight the possibilities, what's coming up. You know, I'm a little, you know, a little down because, you know, my bold prediction did not pan out. It's obviously not going to snow or be accumulating snow before Thanksgiving. But again, that's part of the job because we have to lock in on some long-range forecast. But on the brighter side... Even though, you know, we we missed this one, we did accurately see the uh, pattern getting a lot more active. It's just a little bit slower than what we anticipated because we figured that strong El Nino would already have effects on us right now. But, you know, as of right now, it's not very much acting like a strong El Nino, but that looks to change. It's just how quickly it decides to go. So, you know, that's, again, something else we're going to continue to watch, and we'll adjust the forecast going forward. But again, guys, just as a reminder, Thursday, uh, don't have a set time, but Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, is going to be the release of my annual winter weather forecast. At the very least, I'll get that going on Facebook, uh, maybe even on the blog, and then we'll get a, uh, a version here on the podcast to where we can kind of go in depth with everything a little bit better at some point after the holiday weekend. Guys, as always, I appreciate you jumping on, uh, listening in. If you guys have any questions, feel free to submit those here in the comment section or on the Facebook page as well. Guys, have a great Sunday evening and a we don't talk between now and then have a happy thanksgiving thank you all god bless and have a great evening